0: Welcome to this week's MTD podcast. Today, I'm really excited to discuss the new desktop CNC milling machine. I'm Giovanni Albanese, hosting today's show a passionate engineer and a proud member of the MTD team. And I have the pleasure to be joined by Zach Dunham, remotely from New York. Zach's the Director of Marketing at Bantam Tools and is helping celebrate the advances in desktop fabrication and high precision milling. He has been instrumental in helping identify key attributes of CNC milling to include the newest Bantam Tools machine, the Bantam Tools desktop CNC milling machine. In addition to his marketing job, Zach is also part of the team that fine-tunes custom toolpaths, feeds, speeds, and helps walk customers through the CNC process. Welcome, Zach. You certainly wear many hats.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Thanks so much for having me.
0: No, thank you for joining us, um, Zach. It's it's brilliant that you can join us remotely from New York um for this MTD podcast. Um do you do you see much of our content in America?
1: Uh yeah, I do. And I actually just, just brushed up on two recent episodes, uh one on uh SLA uh printing and another on work holding. So um yeah, yeah, I'm excited to be on and joining you.
0: No, fantastic. Now, Zach, firstly, can we start really? Can you tell our audience and our listeners? Um, a little bit about you um, and about Bantam Tools.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I'll start with Bantam Tools. So at Bantam Tools, we make desktop CNC milling machines. Um, we focus on making uh, CNC milling machines that uh, have precision and reliability and are really in sort of a, the realm of affordability. So we've been around for about seven years. Our first product was a um, PCB milling machine, which was really specialized at milling um, fine detail uh, circuit boards. Um you know, single sided or double sided circuit boards, and that market—it's um, you know—it's interesting. That market has kind of moved on a little bit as you know, China has has uh, uh, some really enticing offerings of quick turn PCB milling. Um, so if you're an electrical engineer, you can you can very easily per- purchase a uh, you know a small run of boards that make it um, pretty cost effective. Um, but that that's where the company's roots are, and you know we had been producing this. Um, really tiny 17 pound uh desktop cnc with a twenty-six thousand rpm spindle and a lot of a lot of our community really loved it and it was the tool that was they were really getting started with cnc um but the capabilities for aluminum and you know harder materials um is really where that machine fell short so the the our new flagship product, uh, as you mentioned at the top of the show, is the Bantam Tools desktop CNC milling machine, which is really um, targeting making aluminum parts um, quickly and easily. And so, one part of that is the hardware, which we can discuss, and the other piece of that is is the software. Um, and uh, yeah, for me personally, I mean, I'm sort of a I don't know. I, kind of pseudo airsats type of engineering person you know my background is really in in audio and i you know briefly dabbled in acoustics but um i've been in uh, the hardware world now for you know six or seven years uh, first uh, on some some of my own projects producing like a little single station radio that that i run as a side business and sort of side hustle and then um, working at Kickstarter, the crowdfunding platform, where I sort of shepherded uh, hundreds of products um, to launch, and um, with a focus in digital fabrication, which is kind of how I ended up at Bantam Tools. Um, <laughs> yeah, working working on this machine.
0: Oh, great story! Absolutely superb story. How have you found um, the market in America at the minute with with, with everything that's going on?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's tricky. You know, especially for and, and and especially painful for someone launching a hardware product, where you know this industry, uh, you know, revolves around trade shows and and being in person to to show off these tools, and you know, customers want to speak with somebody, they want to see it in action, and so it's um. You know, to be honest, we had a, a quite a big spike in in sales um, when COVID first hit. Um, our, our our previous product, the Bantam Tools desktop PCB milling machine, which is no longer um, in production, uh, we 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 just blew through sales. And I you know I think that a lot of other companies in the digital fabrication space, um, certainly in the desktop space, saw this as well because. You know, people were, are working at home. People are needing to find other ways to finish projects and to augment their capabilities. You know, in their basements and closets and you know other remote types of uh, of, of production. But it, you know, it hasn't been without its uh its growing pains for us. You know, because we're also in the in the midst of production. So how do you? take a small team, you know, we, 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 as Bantam Tools, we produce the machine in-house about, you know, 90%, I would say, of the actual manufacturing happens within the, you know, confines of our HQ. And, um, so COVID has I would say, mostly impacted our business, um, just in terms of structuring, how do we keep people safe? How do we keep people healthy and how do we stay, you know, stay on target, which has been, uh, been tricky. Um, it's
0: been <laughs> been challenging <Zach>.
1: super challenging
0: <laughs> I, th- I think that we've all had to diversify and adapt to, to, to these unprecedented times i think in in the uk um what we've seen is 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 engineering companies that have invested in the latest technologies um and automation for example mm-hmm. have, have managed to seem to to get through this um w- 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 with more ease, I would say. Um. But but you know, even for for companies that are looking to sell equipment, we've had to adapt and uh, and diversify in the way in which we market uh products and put things to market. We've we've started to try and do a lot more live events, Zach. Um. So people, like you say, they can't be person to person, but they can actually look at the products and ask the personnel questions remotely uh, which seems to be to be working quite well at the minute
1: yeah i can i mean you know i can totally relate to that we we did our our product launch and um i had actually you know personally had a little bit of a of a scare i thought that i maybe had covid and i uh, was still in quarantine when we hit our product launch so i i you know, we, I co-hosted our launch event, you know, from our <laughs> spare bedroom in my house. Um, and we did all these things where, you know, we we had spent months um, recording videos of the machine in action, you know, machining aluminum, how the probing sequences work, uh, getting customer testimonials. And so we, our, you know, what would have been an in-person live event um, ended up being this sort of show and tell and um you know, the hit list of, of the greatest videos that we were able to capture in the first few months of, of the the product um, existing. And that was our launch event. Um and uh yeah I, I think you're absolutely right. That's what um, everyone that's where everything is shifting to. How do you how do you host regular live streams? How do you uh, have a podcast? Um so yeah, yay yeah, digital no, marketing.
0: it's it's definitely definitely proving to be the way. Um for people and listeners that are listening to this podcast, check out the um, desktop CNC on YouTube. There's lots of brilliant videos on there that you can watch, so you get an idea of what we're talking about. Now, Zach, can you tell our audience about the desktop CNC? You know, why did it come to fruition? What markets are you looking to service with yep. this product? And, and please, please, Zach, keep the price out of it. I, I want to, to it's it completely blown me away. So I want to kind of tell people how much it costs at the end of this podcast, if that's okay.
1: Sure, sure. So um, yeah, let's do, we'll just do a sort of rundown on what this machine is. Um, you know, again, it's really, it's its primary goal is to make machining aluminum parts fast and easy. And um, so it's a, it's a three-axis CNC milling machine. It weighs about 80 pounds. It ships fully enclosed. Everything that I'm going to say now is just part of the standard package. So it ships fully enclosed. It's um, ships standard with a T-slot bed that's got um, a simple uh, bracket and toe clamp fixturing setup. Um, it's got a, an ER11 um, uh, collet system, uh, so you, it can support up to a quarter-inch tooling. Um, it's uh, sort of at the heart of the machine is a 28,000 RPM spindle, um, so really leveraging um more of a sort of a high-speed machining characteristics um, that we're seeing become more and more popular it's got an a conductive bed which is used to automatically set um, the tool length offsets and it's also used to do a series of probing routines so you can um, just by standard with the control software that we make um put in a you know block of aluminum billet uh, jog the tool over the top left corner and hit start and it will pop on down, locate the material within the machine, um, locate the height of your uh, material and and start configuring a bunch of these offsets. Again, removing some of these barriers of entry. Um, in terms of machining performance, you know, I, I, I would say that, again, largely your listenership is more in the industrial space. So as I'm describing this thing, they'll probably think what, you know, sounds pretty light duty, you know, 80 pounds. How is that going to be rigid enough? But we've um, really engineered this machine to be the like one of the most, if not the most rigid desktop CNC milling machine that exists on the market. Um, so the entire thing is made out of a 5 8 solid 5 eighths inch aluminum structure. Um, and we're, you know, under the right setup, we're getting about... Uh, 0.7 cubic uh, inches of uh, aluminum material removal rate, which is you know somewhere on the order of 60 to 70 times faster than what we were seeing with our PCB milling machine. And I would say somewhere in the order of 30 to 40 times faster than the other desktop machines that that, that currently exist on the market at this price point. So um, yeah, it's sort of a quick rundown on the machine. Uh, the build volume, or so I'd say the bed size is seven inches by nine inches by three and a half inches. So um, yeah, the most most restricting piece is in is in the uh, is in the Z. But if you're doing kind of like plate work or, you know, making uh, you know if you're a product designer and you're making um, aluminum prototypes, we actually did a lot of research on the average part size that's getting requested from a lot of job shops, and sort of tried to optimize our build volume for
0: that. Um,
1: what else? That's, what else am I missing?
0: Yeah, no, no, I think that's brilliant. I mean, I, I can't recall seeing anything remotely similar like your desktop CNC milling machines in the UK. Um, I would guess that there is a massive market for them in the UK, um, especially for kind of colleges and educational um, uh, sectors. I, I, When I did my apprentice, well, I wish, I wish I had one of them when I did my apprenticeship, Zach, for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh... You know, me too. As uh, so, I, I, let me touch on that for a second. You know, our I would say that you know any any uh, owner of a company or product marketer would you know is going to say like this is the target market for this machine, and we and we certainly you know have that too. But it's also it's the, you know we're just about to start shipping, and so we're really excited to see who ends up becoming you know the um, the primary user for this. But it's designed with um, let's say people who prototype, so product designers, um, you know, small engineering firms, people who want to do small prototype runs and keep them in-house where they can learn something uh, and, and, and save time and save money by keeping some of that prototyping in-house. The other piece of this is the education sector. So a lot of the, I would say, quote-unquote, hobbyist machines that are used in the classroom setting um, have sort of, they can go down two kind of branches. On the one hand, they could be smaller machines that aren't really as capable and so don't give students a real clear understanding of like what are the limitations of speeds and feeds well you're not actually getting them because the machine isn't powerful enough to even mill aluminum right like that's one limitation with the sort of teaching machines that exist and the other is that they're huge industrial machines that are from 20 or 30 years ago and the workflows and some of the software is just a bit antiquated um um, and they're they're expensive and they're difficult to maintain. So with the education sector, we're we're trying to create something that's safe, that's approachable, that's integrated with you know modern machining workflows, um, and that gives students an understanding of speeds and feeds, probing, you know, CAD CAM workflows. Um, it, it's not going to be the machine that if they want to be a you know trained job shop CNC machinist, that they're going to use for their entire career. But it's going to be that thing that gives them. That initial spark of excitement that we've all had when we've made our first part.
0: Now, I think that that that, that brings me on to really my next question, um, Zach. C- can you explain the programming side of, of of the of the product and the different options that you have available, and and how that can really benefit potential students and and it's not only for students is it zach i mean i i I've seen yeah. one of your case studies where someone was m- making the bevels of watches with your product yeah you know, it, it does it does lend itself to actual producers as well as uh, the educational sector for sure
1: yeah um so let's yeah so software um the programming of the machine so the way that the software works that we in-house um, create. It's it's control software, right? So it is the software interface that you're going to use to uh, home the machine, to probe a part, to load a file. Um, the biggest piece is that we create a, a real-time preview of the part. So you load your G-code file, you select the tool um diameter that you're going to use to to mill that first or second or third operation and it generates a preview look here's your stock here's what's going to be left over after you perform that operation and that's happening in real time as well while you're while you're milling um the so g-code support is obviously standard with this machine the the other kind of secret feature of the control software is that it um it does have an, an uh, internally generated CAM for 2D or two and a half D projects. So you can take an uh, a vector file, an SVG, a scalable vector file, you know, that you design in, say, Illustrator. Um, this could be you could think of this as, uh, you know, MTD podcast, you know, serial number one, or, or you know, if you wanted to you <laughs> do an engraving on something, or it could be a series of you know circular patterns for a whole cutout. You drop that into the software and you have the option to choose, you know, cutout, internal, external, or engraving. And you can select the tools and then there's an accompanying tool library where you can set speeds and feeds. So if you're a new user, if you're a designer and you say, hey, I don't want to be bogged down with a CAD CAM workflow. I want something that's just simple, simplified. Um, we we have that sort of generated in uh, internally within the software. But a lot of our power users, and certainly like the gentleman that you mentioned, who's making watch cases. Um, his name is Ian Schoen, It's uh, wonderful uh, product designer. He also makes pens. He's going to use Fusion Three Hundred and Sixty or or some other CAM engine. And so with that, we have you know post processors um, from the softwares. You'll you know post your file, load it in, and then you're you're off to the races with your your preview and your your, your probing. Um, the probing, I would say that is is one of the Sort of things that sets this machine apart from the other machines in this in this class. That the fact that you can very quickly and easily probe apart. Um, you can d- define offsets from single axis probing. If you're familiar with like the, um, the Haas workflow um, of all of their probing routines of probing a bore, or probing a boss, or probing, probing the you know outer rectangular corner. You know we currently have about five different routines, and and that's an area of the software that's going to continue growing as well.
0: Yeah, I think the probing feature is a is a, a massive benefit really for 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 kind of setting the datums for sure without a shadow of a doubt. And I like the fact that you can integrate um, Fusion Three Sixty. Now, what really fascinates me, Zach, is a twenty eight thousand RPM spindle. Now that is fast. <laughs> it's fast. You know, for engraving operations and probing operations to get decent surface finish, and um, that is is remarkably. Um, Fast. <laughs> it's
1: it's it's fun what you can do with all that speed. Um, the the really neat thing is, um, uh, you know, there's a company, a wonderful company that makes really nice CNC machines, uh, Datron, and they also make tooling. Um, they make some really nice high balanced, uh, tooling for high RPM speeds, and um, you know, we can't get, you know, I think their their spindles are in the thirty four thousand to forty thousand RPM range, and you know, we're we're nowhere near that. But um, it does open us up to using some of this other tooling that um, you know the pros are using, and so uh, yeah, we've been blown away with some of the finishes that you've been able to get um, with, with that RPM range. And then I think you know for the obvious thing of if you're doing lots of micro machining, micro milling, um, you know that small tooling, you, you, that that high RPM um, spindle uh, is really really comes in handy. So.
0: The the eleven collets and the and the, and the tool holders. Yes. What tool holders are you using, sir?
1: So the, I think this is the this is the piece that some of your industrial uh, listeners are probably gonna uh, roll roll their eyes at and maybe be a little <laughs> little bit grumpy about. So this is a this is a fully sort of manual um, tool change setup, right? You're gonna take a pair of wrenches, you're gonna um, crack that collet nut, and the tool itself is going to to come out of the collet, and you'll put just the bare tool itself excuse me, the bear tool itself right back into the collet. So we're not uh we're not supporting I believe you can get like a an additional tool holder that would fit into that ER ER11 system, but it would it would use up more of your Z work volume. So that's why we just yeah. go with the Bear tool itself
0: it make, it makes perfect sense. I mean I I can remember again re- going back to my apprenticeship when I was using the the, the bridge mills and 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 mm-hmm. it was a similar kind of setup. But yeah. what what kind of tolerances can you expect to to achieve?
1: Um so I think it, you know I would say also goes back to the uh you know who's it's what's the saying it's uh it's not the tool it's the uh it's the it's the craftsmen. Um, I think with our market, um, we're gonna see a lot of, of uh, sort of give and take on the tolerances just just on some of the newcomers that will be camming out a part that you know won't really be done properly. But um, in terms of repeatability of the machine, um, you know, plus or minus a thou, um, yeah. the um, the the lead screw accuracy, I would say, is is um something to consider too, which is that's one of the things that we're just limited by. Um so it's a it's a lead screw, it's not a, a ball screw setup. Um and so that's closer to uh four or five thousand I think if I recall correctly over about nine inches. Um so again if you know if you're doing really large or if you're maxing out the work file vo- excuse me, if you're maxing out the work volume in the Y and you're uh looking for really tight tolerances, um this probably isn't the machine for you, um, but again, in this kind of product designer education space, that type of accuracy and tolerance um, is seems to be plenty in our experience.
0: It, it's completely application specific, isn't it? Yeah, it's dependent that too. on what what you're making. You know, it depends on the parts that you're making, and, it, and if if you're an hobbyist, you, if you you it doesn't you making parts from from that machine. That it is is for that you know the pot. Sorry, is that there's parts you're making um, that may not need them kind of tight tolerances, you right. know. And, and it, it it's perfect for making any pot. I mean, again, you know, you could get a machine that, that can, you know, microns repeatability and 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 tolerances sure. and old surface finishes. But then obviously that is that is not the product for you won't buy that machine for the products that you're making on your on on your desktop cnc really
1: exactly exactly yeah um yeah it's totally it's totally application specific and um i would say that you know um we should probably just talk more about this you know like the uh the the pinch that we have in introducing a product in this space cuz it's there's really there's a vacuum in this space there's there's sort of no man's land you've got the really cheap you know sub $1000 uh cncs that you know are you you can find a kit on alibaba or you can find you know a you know a reseller that's going to sell you a kit that you're going to put together and some of those are like engraving machines at best right they're 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 not you're not going to do any milling with them maybe you could cut a little wood um and then at the other end of the spectrum is this sort of ten thousand dollar uh you know range of of a tool um you know, Tormach is a U.S. producer of of these types of machines, where you're getting into sort of light industrial, and we're we're squarely in the middle. So we the the interesting pinch, I would say that that I'll be the first to call out is we get you know the the hobbyist saying. Uh, why you know? I wish it were. I wish it were five hundred dollars. I wish it were a thousand dollars. And we get the we get the industrial <laughs> folks saying, "Well, why can't it do this, this, and this?" And um, you know, I think that's to your point. We'll we'll reveal the price <laughs> soon, but um, yeah.
0: it's, <laughs> well, for, for me, for, for me again, um, Zach. I mean, I can see massive potential for this product in the UK. I've not seen anything like it, and and I think from an educational perspective, and I use the example of my engineering college, um, they would certainly benefit from your products and and the reason being is is that i strongly believe that the best place to start is on a conventional machine however you need to then progress to cnc um, mm-hmm. and learn how to program a cnc um, and then you you once you've learned on the conventional you've got a better understanding of of, of being able to program and and to, to to kind of figure out the feeds and speeds um, but at the college they've only got two cnc machines so you imagine all them students having to wait or just watch yeah um you know but with these products that you mentioned the the um, envelope of the the product the footprint if you like they they could be in the classroom there could oh, yeah. be several of them people could be learning simultaneously on them and getting all of the learning that they require for when they Leave their universities and colleges to go into placement with a real good understanding of how to program a free-axis milling machine, and I I think that's 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 fantastic in my opinion. And not only that, you've got examples and case studies of people actually produ- producing parts on there, Zach.
1: Yeah, yeah, and some and some really fun ones. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, uh, this guy Ian Schoen, he's he's using it to produce watch cases. He also makes a series of pens. He's got uh, several Swiss, um, Swiss slaves in his, in his shop, but he does, uh, some customizations and he will engrave on the round surface of the pen. And, um, you know, it's, this is a, uh, clever cam setup, but it's very easy to do with the built-in probing to find that, uh, top center point of the round surface and start engraving on the round using this machine. So he's employing it in that, in that kind of way too. And I would say, the kind of approach that we're excited about learning more about as this machine gets, you know, out into the wild and has years under its belt, um, is how are job shops going to use a small desktop CNC? Um, that's what I'd be really curious to to learn from your listenership. Is you know the type of user who doesn't want to take you know cycle time from their big um, you know VMC to produce a small jig or a small fixture. How would they think about using a machine like this? You know, whether it's a, you know, soft soft jaw out of aluminum or you know something quick out of Delrin. Um, how would they employ a machine like this or several machines like this to to take care of some of those tasks in the shop? And that's something that that we're we're super excited to to see more of.
0: Yeah, Well, I think that's a really, really good point, really, Zach. And I think that that really it's a good point to kind of really kind of cl- start closing up the show on because yeah. I think that you've hit the nail on the head there. You know, if you've got an expensive CNC machine that's costing you, you know, between 50 and £100 pound an hour, um, effectively, whilst that machine is running, you could have your desktop CNC next to the machine, effectively making... Um, the jigs or fixtures for your next part, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, or the soft jaws like you mentioned. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. And also, again, you know, bringing apprentices into organizations, there's no better way to, to start on a, on a product such as this, in, in, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: yeah. You s- sit, sit somebody down for a couple hours in front of a machine like this, and you can know nothing about speeds and feeds and, and mills, and you're going to learn so much in such a short amount of time. <laughs>
0: uh, Zach, just a few questions. Yeah. Um, shoot. Do, do you have um skill issues in America? Is it easy to get the best young talent into engineering?
1: I think that, you know, I think that the story hasn't been told in the right way for, you know, younger generations of, of how exciting a career in manufacturing could be. I think that we're still, uh, yeah, we're still challenged by, um, you know, people seeking different types of careers, but really they don't they don't know what the opportunities um, may be in in the manufacturing sector or what those jobs might look like. Um, I think that's you know it's certainly something that we're trying to address with um, with this machine and through partnerships with universities and um, and you know this has been. This has been the narrative in the U.S. and I would say in in the U.K. as well um, through the STEM, STEAM initiatives that that have been going on for the last fifteen years. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say that our our primary issue is um, getting people excited about this. Um, but there's there's still a a huge shortage of uh, you know even you know CNC operators. You know, I could say that you know currently we're hiring for two CNC operator roles at, at Bantam Tools, and um, it's not always easy to fill.
0: Wow. Is, it's it's just crazy, isn't it? That um, it really is. Now, Zach, before we reveal the price, um, <laughs> would it be okay sometime in the future that the MTD put this to the test, put your product to the test? It'd uh, be an absolute pleasure to to film it and put it to the test at some point. Hopefully,
1: I would love that. Yes, we should. Um, let's let's stay let's stay in touch about that, and we can we can make that
0: happen. So. That, that's brilliant how much does this cost i mean this is just <laughs> completely just I, I, i'm flabbergasted and and i'd love our listeners to to kind of just just know why
1: <laughs> yeah sure so the bantam tools desktop cnc milling machine is is currently uh on sale for 35.99 um and uh that yeah, three thousand five hundred ninety nine dollars, and the uh, MSRP price is uh three nine nine nine. So we're we're currently in a discount on the on the machine as we're in this um, sort of launch phase. But our goal all along was to was to make this affordable. You know that's that's Bantam Tools' sort of motto is, you know, professional reliability and precision at an affordable price. We we don't we don't think that these tools need to need to cost an arm and a leg to certainly not to get started. So.
0: It's absolutely superb. That price is just phenomenal. I mean, uh, just, just, just uh, out of curious curiosity, Zach, how many have you sold in the U- in the US so far?
1: Uh, we are in the hundreds. I will say, um, we've been live now for sixty
0: days, um,
1: and um, yeah, we're in the hundreds.
0: In sixty days, it's just just brilliant well zach it's been an absolute pleasure for you to join us on the mtd podcast and 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 i hope you stay safe in america and and we really hope to to catch up with you soon
1: likewise thanks so much for having us
0: thanks zach so if you've enjoyed the mtd podcast and you've liked what zach says or if you have any questions please let us know and we will address them. thanks for listening to the mtd podcast until next time stay tuned